happening everyone welcome to a brand new episode of total football club brought to you by the blue wire hustle network my name is alex perez thank you all so much for joining us another week we are recapping the year that was 2021 this is the first part of the recap in total football club but before we even begin i'm going to ask you guys to follow us on twitter instagram facebook at total food club you can follow us on tiktok as well again that's popping we appreciate all all the support we appreciate the feedback good or bad i've gotten a lot of a, a lot of feedback i'll just put it that way on, on my slot on video so yeah that that continues to be the the <laughs> one video <laughs> that continues to be the one video that 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 i reference because it got a lot of numbers and a lot of comments uh subscribe to the podcast on apple Podcasts, on spotify on google Podcasts. i know i don't say that that much i don't know if people even listen to podcasts on google Podcasts, but if you do subscribe there subscribe on youtube i think we're close to hitting 200 subscribers maybe we hit the 200 subscribers by now um i don't really keep up with that as much i just post and i go um yeah rate and review the podcast on apple on spotify it goes a long way it really does and we appreciate it follow me on twitter and on instagram at alex perez fc and i'm gonna bring on my guy with the chelsea jersey my guy chris sued dude it's always it's always an honor and a pleasure to talk to you and even more when we get to recap the year that was and of course we're going to talk about the year that's coming up too because we have we have a lot, a lot to watch for, but my guy, first and foremost, how are you? I'm doing great, Alex. I'm doing great. It's uh, it's awesome to be on here. Um, yeah, everybody, please give us a follow. Uh, you can give me a follow on on, on Twitter. My my handle is uh, Chris, S-O-L-O-D-O-L-O underscore. Uh, I talk a lot, of, a lot about soccer in general, not just Chelsea, but... Um, yeah, I say a lot of a lot of interesting opinions, I would say. So uh, please give me a follow. We could always uh, always chat. <laughs> and yeah, it's 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 been a great year. I'm happy to uh, to have this this how do I say this potluck of an episode where we get to tell everybody our favorite uh, our favorite moments from this year that just passed. Oh, absolutely. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're, we're going to have a whole lot of fun with this one. And Chris, let's just get it started. What was one of your favorite moments of 2021? Let's let's address the elephant in the room, because I think if you're watching the video on YouTube, you know exactly what this answer is going to be. Everyone. Yeah, I, I, there's no doubt. My my The best moment for me is uh, Mount, Mount plays the ball in. There goes Havertz, rounds the keeper, he scores! Chelsea lead! It's Chelsea winning the Champions League, man. I couldn't believe it. Even though I called them to win it before, as an analyst, not a fan, but I still can't believe it actually happened. Um, lightning struck twice, Alex. My club, my small little club that 
the little engine that could, we did it again. <laughs> yeah. I know, I know it's, it's, it must be funny to hear a Chelsea fan referring to my little club, but that's just a, a slide dig at a couple of fans who, who used to call Chelsea a small club and then uh, set them straight after that win, man. It was a beautiful, beautiful win. It was a beautiful moment. Probably my, my, the best day of 2021 for me. Well, that's beautiful. That, that is absolutely beautiful. And I, I'm, as you were mentioning the the day the excitement you remembered the call that that the, who was the commentator for that game oh man i want to say it's ian no no ian darka definitely not it's not ian darka it's it's um damn it no i can't remember yeah we're gonna have to look that one up surely someone someone's gonna is gonna remember this but as you were giving me the details of this of this final and and of this game and how you felt, I couldn't help but to remember the the things that we would say before the final. And I not too long ago, I I went back on our Instagram page and I looked at my prediction. I think it was 2-1 for Manchester City, I said, if if I'm not mistaken. But 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 this is something that is very important to mention. I put $10 on Chelsea to win and Christian Pulisic to score a goal. <laughs> okay, Chelsea won. But if you remember, Christian Pulisic, I was almost $110 richer because of that. I put a little parlay in, and I remember I told my girlfriend, Isabel, if you're watching this, shout out to you. I told her, hey, babe, if this parlay hits, we're eating good tomorrow. <laughs> and it did it. We still ate whatever but it was it was really it was an eye opener for for many different reasons but the first one is that Chelsea is the king of London whether you want to admit it or not Chelsea is the biggest club in London they won the Champions League twice within 10 years they are looking very very strong with with, with the squad that they have recent form we can discuss that some other time, hopefully, when the form improves a little bit. There's a lot of factors that, that, that go into that. But it was an eye-opener. Chelsea is a big club. And I know I love how, how you called them your little club, ironically, because they, there's nothing little about Chelsea. There's nothing little about Chelsea anymore. And, and, and surely this, is the, 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 this was the statement for Chelsea. This was the the only way that they were going to get the respect of their peers. There's no better way to do it. Winning a Champions League. And yeah, I, I also love how you mentioned how this, this was the best day of 2021 so far. Because we still have a couple weeks to go. Yeah, I, dude, it, was, it felt surreal as I was watching it. Like as Havertz scored, I remember like, should I... Should I jump? Should I celebrate right now? Did that actually just happen? It felt very, very surreal. And it, that, I guess that's that's what was, I mean, it, it channels 2012 where we, we we made that impossible run to, to beat Bayern. But this one, and that one, I guess, it's just echoes what we said at the time. 2012 felt very lucky. It felt like a, a flash and a, 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 you know, a, a moment in time, a, a flash in a bottle where, 
if anything, if if the groundskeeper mowed the lawn just an inch taller, an inch, an inch, an inch taller that day, then everything would have been different. It's like everything needed to be exactly how it was for Chelsea to win that match against Bayern. For Manchester City, there was it wasn't like that. They very much were the all there. All eleven players were very present, very ready for the game for for the match. I thought it was it was unbelievable. They they showed footage after they showed footage now in hindsight, and they had Romelu Lukaku, who ended up being our our record signing, talking about the Champions League final, and he said, "Once I saw the the tunnel cam, I knew Chelsea was going to win." There was no way I knew Chelsea was going to win because I've seen that look before. And as he's saying it, they showed the footage that he's referring to. And you see all the Manchester City players huddled up. They're talking about their plans, what they're going to do, who they should be looking out for. They all seemed like they were in the moment. They didn't seem scared or anything like that. But then they, they, they cut to Chelsea and you saw 11 soldiers all in single file, all looking directly ahead. Not a word. And it goes to show, yep, we are a big club. We are here. We are here, ready for this moment. Real Madrid, we usually sit back to beat a team like that. No, not anymore. Atletico Madrid, we usually really need like a last gasp winner to beat someone like that. Not anymore. Manchester City, how, how are you going to play them with their possession? By playing our possession game. And it was it was very much a statement game, a statement moment. And as I said at that time, um, it was a moment in which everything was everything came together. Every every player we sold, it was for good reason in that moment. Every player we bought, rationalized. Everybody made their money back in that moment. Hakim Ziyech. Barely played last year due to injury. Doesn't matter. He was a Champions League winner. Uh, Kepa Arisabalaga, $80 million flop. Doesn't matter, Champions League winner. Yeah, I know he's not the starter, but all those moves led us to this success. Nothing was no longer in vain. That was a, an unbelievable moment. I, 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 you know, I love my guys, but William, Courtois, Hazard, it's not always greener. And that was the moment that, that Chelsea showed their fangs to the world. Yeah, and they showed that grit and that and that ability to win the big game from the round of 16 when they beat Atletico decisively. Then they took care of Porto. And then to me, I'm not necessarily saying that this is a bigger win than the actual final, but beating Real Madrid in a Champions League semifinal, a team that is known for winning a Champions League, a team that is led by a three-time Champions League winner as a manager, Zinedine Zidane, you dispose of them like that. It was the the second leg. I I look back and I think about it, and I don't remember any great moments from from Real Madrid in that game. Chelsea. Chelsea was pretty dominant. Chelsea, Chelsea won convincingly. It was it was a game where you can't say that it was flukish. You can't say that it was 
it was a, a bad day for Real Madrid, Chelsea put in the work. Chelsea took took Real Madrid to the brink and they pushed them over the edge. And Chelsea put their foot on the ground and, and they went on to the Champions League final and they beat Manchester City. And they did it convincingly because Manchester City, <laughs> during the game, they felt overwhelmed. And we also have to mention that Thiago Silva got hurt in, in, in the middle of the first half. He got hurt and he had to get subbed off. So there was a lot a lot of things that they had to go through. Atletico, Real Madrid, Thiago Silva injury. It didn't matter. There was a decisiveness. There, there was there was a real security that these players felt. And it really all changed in January when Thomas Tuchel arrived. The message changed. There was more 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 confidence in this Chelsea side and it's crazy it's crazy and I'm glad that you talk often about pulling the trigger on a manager that you think is not very good this is a great example of hey you can change your manager mid-season and still be very successful still finish that season very successfully Chelsea man that 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 was that was a great run a great run by Chelsea, the well, well-deserved Champions League winners. Um, man, it's it's just crazy. And uh, anything else you want to add about about this? I'm sure there's there's a couple of things you might still want to say. No, uh, you, you know, you it's it's just to echo everything you said. You know, we, we were that's the message, right? We were worthy. I know in 2012 we were lucky. This time we were worthy. We beat Madrid at their place. Beat them at our place. Being the stingiest defense in, in all five leagues in, in, in Atletico, beat Porto at their place, which is like really tough to do. So, I mean, they did it, man. They did the damn thing. That's That's got to be my number one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I would have been disappointed if, if it wasn't your number one with the jersey and everything. My, Come on, bro. Yeah. Repping, repping always. I, I appreciate that for sure. All right, uh, a moment that stood out to me in uh, in this year was the Italian summer. I'm not just going to talk about the final and them winning Euro 2020. That was played in 2021, in case anyone forgot. It was the entire tournament. They arrived undefeated. They had a, a real streak. They hadn't lost a game in a while. And it was their first major tournament appearance since missing out the World Cup in 2018. The expectations were relatively high because, again, they they had that streak. And they were showing glimpses of of, of different football. It, it wasn't the trademark Catenaccio, Italian soccer or football that, that, that we all knew. And there was other favorites. We, we know what the other favorites were. But the Italians, they were the only team that were secure they were sure we knew what they were about and we knew that they were going to beat their their opponents and they did they beat turkey which all-time bad call i thought that they were going to get out of the group that's a horrific <laughs> call by me and i'll i'll <laughs> that's probably one of the low lights of 2021 they beat switzerland in that incredible manuel locatelli game that he had he scored two goals in that in that game i believe then they beat wales and 
in that in that group stage, everything was clicking. Everything was clicking. Even though Marco Verratti didn't play until I believe the third game or or the second game. He, I know he didn't play the first game. They still played incredibly well, and there was something about this team. They were so different. They were they were courageous. They attacked. They they, they possessed the ball, and what Leonardo Spinazzola was 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 doing down the left-hand side was it was impossible to stop those two-on-ones that that they would do against the opposing right back it was incredible to watch up and down he was making goal line clearances and then 30 seconds later he was putting one of his teammates through through on goal it was incredible what we were seeing from Italy such a different team so incredibly fun to watch sure when it came down to the nitty gritty in the knockout stages, they had to change up a little bit. And Spinazzola got hurt, so they had to bring in Emerson, a guy that doesn't necessarily have the same characteristics, a little bit more defensively sound, but didn't attack as much. So they lost that th- that spectacular factor. But then even in the semifinal against Spain, probably the best game of the tournament, maybe the best game of the year. They they grinded out a result. Jorginho scored the game-winning penalty, and then that goal that that, that they scored. Federico Chiesa, what a player! What a oh, what an important piece. I mean that that kid had an incredible tournament. Um, even Nicolo Barella. So many players. So many players that maybe we didn't know as much because they were playing in the Serie A, and maybe the Serie A we don't watch as much. But they showed out in this. In this platform, one of the biggest platforms that any footballer can get, a European championship, they did it and they won it. The adversity that, th- that they faced at Wembley in the final, it was incredible. I loved it. It was refreshing because Italy went against everything that they believed in and they still won a major tournament. That is a We talked about statements with Chelsea. This right here, Italy winning the Euro back in July, that is a massive, massive statement. Yeah, I think that's that's a very fair call. Um, they were one of my highlights as well. I was actually thinking about it. It's like the Italian Renaissance. That's got to be up there. Um, I, I also love the fact that they played differently and won a major tournament. And, I, you know, I'm curious to see if they, if they ended up qualifying for the World Cup or if they're still fighting for it. Because, you know, they... they, they the Italian people, when Antonio Conte led the the Italy national team to like a round of like, I think it was like the elite, like it was a quarterfinal in the twenty sixteen. Yeah, it wasn't. Euro. E- yeah, it wasn't even a final, and he's like a saint in Italy <laughs> because of that run. So can you imagine the love fest right now for those for that for that for that team for this team for those players for Mancini? I, I really would love to see them in twenty twenty one in the in the World Cup. Or sorry, 2022 next year in Qatar in the World Cup. Um, but that being said, they really were a treat to watch. Um, that midfield with Jorginho, Locatelli, and uh, Barella, and then they would switch out and have Jorginho with Verratti and Barella, and then have Spinazzola sometimes as a as a left mid. Oh man, it was it was really dynamic. And then, like you said, they have the. the I think the thing with Italy, with this specifically with this Italy, with this Italian team, is that they don't have the profile of the 
quintessential Italian team, right? They don't have that big hulking number nine who who scores headers and and falls all over the floor and gets the penalties. They don't they don't have that. They don't have the 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 well. They definitely have the big center backs, but they don't. I, I wouldn't say that Spinazzola and I can't remember who their right back is at the moment. Di Lorenzo, Giovanni Di Lorenzo. They're not the defensive stalwarts that they had back in the day with Maldini and, and all those guys. So it's a bit of a different profile, but it's modern football. You know what I'm saying? It's not like they're they're trying, they're, they're you know, reinventing the wheel. They have something that works. They're just fine-tuning it to the personnel that they have and the, the, the philosophy that, that they carry for generations. And what we're seeing is just this beautiful medley of football, and in, in all honesty, and that's that's why I'm being selfish and I want to see them in the World Cup. But it, it's really something to behold to see them have the direct attacking threat in a Federico Chiesa, and having the, the 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 modern midfielders who play those those through balls and press really high and recycle the ball when they lose it. With the, the 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 old guard of Cellini and Bonucci back there, it's really something to behold, man. And and it's if you didn't if you didn't watch it this year, you missed out on a really on a really special team. Oh, they were special indeed, very very special, and they felt special from the first game. Honestly, they felt special from the first game because that that performance against Turkey, granted a not so good Turkey, was. It, it was flawless. It really was. It was flawless against Switzerland. I, I think that's their best game against Switzerland. Probably the perfect game. It was absolutely incredible. Start to finish, there was no doubt Italy was going to beat Switzerland. And they did. They beat them 3-0. They, they really put it on them. And, and the goals that they scored and the way that they played... All 90 minutes, really intense. It was it was something to watch. It was a lot of fun. It was incredible. And it was a great redemption story because it was a, na a national tragedy when they didn't go to the World Cup in 2018, when they missed out. It was a national tragedy for them. And now you fast forward to the Euro and they win the whole thing playing a different brand of football. Man, what it, it's it's almost like out of a movie. It really is. But the these superheroes don't wear capes. They they, they wear shin guards and and shorts and 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 football and boots. Chelsea jerseys. My and boy Jorginho. <laughs> Jorginho. Jorginho. Listen, man, Jorginho. He he had some some summer because he's the common denominator in these two moments that we're talking about right now. Right. So. It's no coincidence, man. It's no coincidence. Was he Ballon d'Or worthy? I don't know. Uh, maybe we can maybe spark a conversation there. But he was he was a key player for Chelsea in their Champions League run and for Italy in their European Championship run. So it's not a coincidence. He was he was the rock in that team, and he scored the penalty against Spain. He missed it against England, yeah, sure, but the performance throughout the entire tournament for Jorginho was simply incredible. His stock only went up. It's just one of those things that, that, that you look at, and maybe you question Frank Lampard, and you're like, hmm, what? because it was Frank Lampard that wasn't playing him as much, right? Correct. Yeah, you question him, and you're like, 
You had him on your bench and you didn't utilize him. And now he wins the Champions League in May. And then in July, he wins the Euro. And he's a starter in both teams. Thinking game-winning penalties. Yes. Yes. That's, I don't know, that's a little questionable. But going back to what, what, what I was saying about Italy, it was truly special. Everything, everything, their jerseys were beautiful, except the white one. That one, Puma, what are you doing? That one was hideous. The Every, Hanes t-shirt? Yes, the Hanes t-shirt. <laughs> I, I have a couple white t-shirts in, in my closet that look better. Um, they're a little dirty, but, you know, uh, it, that, that was hideous. But their whole merch line, I don't know if that's the proper term. or the Yeah, well, uh, the, their t-shirts, their polos, their suits. How fresh was Roberto oh, Mancini yeah, and his cool. entire staff? Goodness me, those guys, they ooze elegance. They ooze elegance, similar to Nicolo Varela when he has the ball uh, in his feet. Beautiful. Everything from start, start to finish, and also the Italian culture, beautiful. Their, their anthem, the way that they sing it. I'm so happy that Italy won the Euro, and I really, really hope that they go to the World Cup because they're going to be a force. They're going to be a force. They're going to be a problem for whoever they face. I guarantee that. I just hope it's not Mexico, if they even fucking qualify. <laughs> but, but yeah, Italy, the Italian summer. It was beautiful, and it was fun. Yeah, yeah. I'm sitting here, you know, singing Jorginho's praises, but everywhere you look on that team, everybody had, like, a monster showing. Like, Spinazzola was, to, to, up to his injury, probably the MVP of the tournament. Uh, Donnarumma was a, a giant. Both their center backs played flawless, like played like they were twenty and they're pushing forty. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it was it was really it was really really impressive. Roberto Mancini, I think he called. I mean, we talk about it a lot. These managers go through a lot. They have a lot. They have a short shelf life. But I think Mancini, after he left Man City. Started to get a little bit of a bad rap, and I think he just reminded everybody, like, "Yeah, I'm a, I'm that guy. I'm a top end manager, and I'm here." So, I think that was his doing. Uh, maybe not as much as the team, but he had a, a big say in it, and it was a, a really great moment for him and for those players. So much fun to watch. A whole lot of fun to watch. All right. We're going to take a short break. When we return, we're going to keep on recapping what was 2021. Talk more about the moments that captured our attention. We'll do that after the break. We'll be right back. All right, and we are back. Thank you so much for joining us. That's Chris Sued. I'm Alex Perez, and we are recapping still 2021. All right, Chris, what's another moment that caught your attention this year? Uh, for me, it's got to be the biggest free agent signing in the history of football. It's got to be the GOAT leaving his pastures and head into to League One. Sorry, Alex. I could already see it. <laughs> I already see uh-huh. it in your face, the yeah. pain. I'm so sorry, but... No, dude. It, it's fine. Listen, we got to talk about it. It was an... Uh, for me personally, it was an unbelievable moment. Um, I've been calling... I know you have as well, but I've I've been calling for Leo Messi to take on a new challenge, to try something new, to leave, you know, the common the common grounds that he's he's always been at, which is Barcelona. Mm-hmm. Try himself at a new place, at a new project, at a new league, 
it's important for people. I think it's important at any job, but specifically for footballers, um, you see that you go somewhere else and you want to make your stamp and try, you know, and really hit the ground running. So I just thought for Leo Messi, I always envisioned that it would be really beneficial for his career and for Barcelona and for the other team um, that gets him. And in actuality, it was none of that. It was actually really, really sad. It was surreal as hell. Don't get me wrong. If, if every day that it was happening, it felt really, um, it felt like we were in the matrix a little a bit. But um, now that it actually happened, I can sit here and say, God, I wish it never did because Barcelona looked, I mean, I, I'm not, this isn't a moment to, to, to hit them when they're down. They're, they, you know, they're, they're in a new chapter. They have young kids from La Nicea who are playing really well, which is great for them. They have the coach they always wanted and Xavi, but they're really missing Messi. They're really missing him. And I think he's really missing them back. Um, he has one league goal in a really, really bad league. And nobody talks about that. You know, he won his Balloon d'Or, which we already spoke about in, in, previous, in the previous podcast about why that was kind of sad because Messi doesn't deserve any asterisks on his resume. And I think that when we look back on this year, we're going to say that this probably was an award that he didn't necessarily earn. And that's not okay because of the player that he is and the, the player that he, he was and will be. So I just think it's really, it's been a really messy situation there. Um, PSG don't look any better with him. You know, it's not like they look like they're unstoppable. They look like they've always looked. They look like a bunch of individuals <laughs> trying to make it all work. And, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm sad thinking about it. I really am. You know, I, I'm not the biggest Barcelona fan. Everybody knows that. But so what? I mean, when those years at AC Milan were, were, were really doing bad in Serie A, I don't know anyone who took pleasure of that. Even the Inter fans. You want the best clubs doing well. You want the best leagues doing well. And Barcelona, don't, don't get this twisted. Barcelona are an, a gargantuan institution. They, have the, they, they can sit here and say they're the biggest club in the world. So I, I don't want them playing Europa League. You know, when, when, the, when the Champions League came out last week, when the matchups came out last week, and, and, and again last week when they did it twice, <laughs> it, it, it really felt like, like when you're at that party or you're at that trip and you're missing your best friend or you're missing that, that person you know should be there, just didn't feel right. So... To me personally, it's a really big deal and a big moment that Leo Messi left Barcelona. And, it's, and I sit here and I don't take any joy in that. I'm speaking really candidly. I don't. It's, it's really been sad to watch. If you don't take any joy in that and you're not the biggest fan of Barcelona, imagine us, the fans of Barcelona, the, the, the followers of, of Lionel Messi. It was... It was a day that you knew it was going to come, but you you also hoped that it wouldn't. That's what it felt like. And I remember vividly what I was doing when I got your text, when I got my girlfriend's text, when I got my brother's text. I was pumping gas and I was getting back into my car and like I just I saw the text messages. 
um you well you texted me i think you sent me a tweet um everyone was go- everyone was going crazy <laughs> some people were like are you okay <laughs> like uh well no i'm not okay but it, it it was again one of those moments where you know it's gonna happen at some point but you just wish that it never happens you you hope and you pray that it never happens and it did and the messed up part is that it happened like exactly a week before my birthday so messy i don't know i don't know how i feel about you anymore obviously i'm kidding but yeah it, <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> no there's no way probably with that one i was like alex <laughs> no come on <laughs> no that that's not changing um but it was it was so surreal it was it was i think you said it perfectly it was like we were in the matrix it was it was like we were we were all in a bad dream and we were waiting to wake up. But then we realized that it wasn't a dream. We realized that, oh, this is reality. Messi's actually leaving. And when you get to the details and you start to see that Messi wanted to stay, you see that, that, that Messi actually wanted to leave last year and we know that, but he wanted to stay this this year. He was willing to take a pay cut. No one was offering. No one was budging. And you would hear the rumors coming out of the Barcelona camp. Hey, uh, Messi is, he's going to renew. You would hear the president, Joan Laporta, say, Messi's going to renew. Messi's going to be a Barcelona player. And then this happens. You can't help but to feel soured on, on the new regime at Barcelona. You can't help but to feel very hopeless for the future of this team because you look at their performances especially from the beginning of the season to well even now really it's just poor a lot of these performances are poor they're lackluster they're sad they're tragic performances they really are and you look at Lionel Messi and he just looks like he looks like he looks like a puppy that was sent to a different home I don't know if that's a good example I, I was just gonna say he looks like that coworker that's there, and he's you know he he likes you and he likes everyone around him, so he's trying, but he's just not happy. He's, he's not, not happy in his new place, in his new job. No, and it's gonna take a lot to get you to get used to that. And the messed up part too is that he has Di Maria, he has Paredes, he has Icardi. Well, Icardi, he probably doesn't even look at him, but yeah, so so I wouldn't either. But he has a lot. Oh, and Pochettino. He has Pochettino as well. He has Neymar. And somehow it still just doesn't click for him, you know? In the Champions League, he's performing. But I wonder what they're going to do in the knockout stage. In the league, they're going to run away with it. Messi could score that one single goal for the rest of the season. And they're probably still going to win it. It's, It's just... Looking at it now, and even back then, you you won't let me lie, Chris. I said that I don't know if PSG was the best option for him. I really don't know if that was the best option for for Lionel Messi. Right now, and back in August, I I don't think that was the best option. I think him going to Manchester City would have been great, but Jack Grealish was already there. Um, him, Him going to... Well, that's really the only option. What other option did he have? Chelsea? But no, it didn't feel right. Manchester City felt right. PSG, it's understood why he did it. But there, it's just, 
it 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 doesn't feel right. Seeing him wear number thirty doesn't feel right. No, nothing nothing has felt right since. Nothing. Both with Barcelona and with Messi at PSG. I can give you a. This is a little. This is a little dated. I'm gonna. I'm gonna show my age here, but maybe you may not remember it. But it. It kind of reminds me of watching Michael Jordan play for the Wizards. Yeah, well, like those, that one hits those, home. Yeah, it. It just felt like, you know, that's him. That's the guy. But it doesn't seem right. Like he should be wearing red and black. He should be wearing blue and red, blaugrana colors, not not the PSG colors. Like. Shouldn't be wearing thirty. Shouldn't. He should, where's the armband? Like none of it feels right or looks right or, you know, it just. It's sad, man. That's what I keep going back to. It's just a sad situation. Yeah, a very sad situation. But this is what Messi picked, and uh, I mean, he made his bed. Now he has to sleep on it. So, that's that's pretty much it. That's the that's all that can be really said. That's. Man, uh, just looking back at the at the press conference that he had when, when when he officially announced that he was leaving, and he 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 was he was so emotional he couldn't talk for like two three minutes. It was, it it, it was like seeing your dad cry. Like oh man, like he's not supposed to cry, but he is. So I will cry too. You know, it's it's it it was really a sad a sad sad thing, and that's all I knew. That's all I knew. You know. That, that that's all millions of people around the world knew. Messi wearing the Blaugrana colors, like you said. And, uh, man, that's uh way to put me down, Chris. Thank you. <laughs> kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding, dude. I'm, I'm, I'm totally kidding. I, I, I have the memories. The next point is going to be uplifting, I promise. <laughs> Are you sure about that? <laughs> uh, yeah, don't worry. I promise. Okay, okay. well, well, go on. Oh, no, no. I mean, my next memory, my next football moment of 2021 will not oh. be as sad as Messi leaving. I, 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 I thought you were going to make a point about, about Messi. And, uh, and you no, that's, that that's all the way sad, dude. Okay. Like, even if he comes back as a coach, like, no, you got robbed of his last few years as his prime. Like, no, it's I'm not sorry, Alex. I wish I had something good to say about that situation. No, it's fine. I've had like four or five months to come to terms with it, and I, I still haven't, so. It's on me. Uh, all right. That, now, one of my memories, this memory that I'm going to talk about, this one is just a good, it's it's a feel-good story. And it's Raul Jimenez and his goal against Southampton late September. We all know what happened to Raul Jimenez. This is the second Raul Jimenez shout that he gets in two weeks. So, shout out to him. We all know what happened to him. Horrible head injury. Horrible head clash with David Luiz. No one knew if he could even play again. There was questions. Um, I mean, he's not going to be the same person, let alone the same player. He might not even play again. Then he came back at the start of this Premier League season, and he struggled. He struggled a lot. He was out of rhythm. He wasn't out of shape. He was out of rhythm. Uh, he didn't score any goals. But then, finally, late September against Southampton, he scored a trademark Raul Jimenez goal. It was a long ball from the keeper, Jose Sa. Now, Rui Patricio isn't the keeper anymore for Wolverhampton. Takes. That, that takes some time to get used to as well. And then Jimenez uses his body as a weapon, as he usually does. He shrugs off his defender. He speeds away. And then he takes his time, really poise, clears his path, removes a defender again with, with, with a nice fake shot. And then he just passes it to the back of the net. Class, 
poise. That's who Raul Jimenez is. I celebrated that goal like if I was a Wolves fan. I'm not. I was just so happy for him. I I couldn't stop celebrating. It was 9.30 in the morning on a Sunday. My brother was still asleep. My mom was like half awake, and I was I was just cheering on. I, I was so happy for him. I was so, so happy for him. And you can tell that what when he was celebrating, it wasn't just, yeah, we're, we're ahead. It was like, yes, I'm back. I can score again. It was a lot of stress and a lot of anger that was relieved with a celebration. The fans went crazy. They they sang the Si Senor song. His teammates, uh, Podence, I think he, yeah, Podence was the first one to go to him. He he hugged them. He he was all up on him. All of his teammates came by. Everyone, everyone. Connor Cody, who apparently has a really close relationship to him. They're really close friends. He was there celebrating with him. It was a beautiful, beautiful sight. And he's back. He's back, and he scored a banger. Nice. No, yeah, that's that's a great moment. He was a big, big absence for them last year. Probably what got Nuno fired. Um, and he's an outstanding player. I, I personally, I always rated him really high. I thought he'd be great in a certain shade of blue. But um, he is a uh, he's one of those like. Classy players, man. He's he's even though he's he gets gritty and he does the dirty work, like you want him on your team. He's he's that's 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 one of those guys that you show like your your nephew, your niece, your daughter, your son. Like this is how you play soccer. This is how you play football. You play with honor. You play with dignity. You you don't go down. You try to be strong and you show respect, but you try your hardest. And I think that's the main thing with Raul Jimenez is like. And I think that's the mo- the main thing with most of the Mexican players, if not all of them, they play with their heart on their sleeve, right? You see, yeah. you see all of the emotion. They, they they blood, sweat, and tears. They leave it on that field every single time. I think that's why Wolves, those the Wolves fans love him. That's why Nuno loved him. And for me, I that's what I saw. I see someone who reminds me of Diego Costa, in which he'll do anything to win the match, but he won't get that level of nasty like Diego used to get. <laughs> he's had that same quality, you know, like yeah. he can still score in a variety of ways. He can use his head. He can use either foot. He has the, the, the body to shrug off defenders, like you said, and he has the speed to get away from people. So it was really like the complete package and seeing him come back um, and continue that form because he's been pretty, he's been pretty, playing pretty well as of, as of late. He looks like he's getting back to, you know, to top form. It's a really good thing for the Premier League. Uh, it's great for Wolves, but it's a fantastic story for Jimenez himself and, and for all the Mexico fans, really, because um, I think he's a really, I think he's really quality. I think Chicharito and and and, and uh, uh, Chucky. I think Chicharito and Chucky are are are, 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 are top class. Same thing with, with Carlos Vela, same thing with Giovanni Dos Santos. It's not to say that Mexico don't have these quality of players, but I think Jimenez's ceiling is as high as any of these guys, if not higher. So to see him come back and be as, as um, and, and hit, hit form is really great for him and for everybody, for the, for, like I said, for the, for the club, country, and, and all the fans. So that's a great, great moment. Yeah, it's hard to disagree with with everything that that you just said, and it's great always to hear from from someone who isn't Mexican. 
it's great to hear the praise because in Mexico we tend to be a little a little harsh on some of the players and and that goes for the fans and the media very very harsh at times um all right Chris uh I know we we decided to pick three moments that that we remember in 2021 so what's your final one so mine was you know I I could I could word this negatively or positively so I'm gonna go with the since I was so negative with the second <laughs> with the second memory I'll go positive well thank when football fans united and killed off the European Super League that was an unbelievable moment for me personally I remember as it was happening and I thought this this really sucks like being a Chelsea fan but also hearing like the rules and that we probably wouldn't be in the Champions League, which to me holds all the history and the nostalgia. Uh, going into this new league where you're in it every year, it's like nothing about it really struck me as, as you know, exciting or competitive. As even though they, that these clubs that were in it, the super Europe, that were in the Euro, European Super League, were trying for that day and a half to really make it like they were pioneering this new, exciting tournament. It really felt like, why, why do these clubs, do these organizations, do these people in power, why do they always look for the bottom line? Like, can't just one time, can't you just think of us, the fans, or think of the dignity, the honor that goes into the, these competitions, like just once, do the move that won't get you the most money for us. And I felt really sad. I felt really defeated, you know? And then I saw all these fans unite, that regardless of the club that they supported, regardless if their club was in it or not, fans of all, all really everywhere, united and said, no way, this will not happen. And even as I was watching that, I said to myself, you know, greed knows no ends. You see it in everything. You know, you always want good things to happen. You always want the right thing to prevail. But the bottom line always, always wins out, except this time. This time, the fans won. This time, the football fan won. The, the little guy, you know, like, we got, we got, we actually, they listened. For the first time, they showed that they listened. Whether it was because we affected the bottom dollar, the bottom dollar that much, or because they actually grew a conscious, but either way, football was saved, and the 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 general rule of competition was saved. You know, it was really going to be lame, <laughs> for lack of a better word, for lack of you know. It was really going to be lame to see that competition and see the Champions League just die off and be in this competition that didn't really feel like you earned it. So being that that the fans united and for the first time beat beat the bottom line beat and 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 and, and the love of football beat what 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 greed and 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 money you can make off of it it was so so beautiful and deep um for me personally and it just goes to show that you don't you don't mess with the fans you don't mess with the, the integrity of the game it doesn't matter who you are florentino perez you don't pick a fight 
with 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 the fans. Yeah, there's too many. There's too many to 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 fight off, and they're the big reason. We're the big reason as to as to why these institutions are as big as they are. And the European Super League, for lack of a better term, was taking a big fat shit on meritocracy. You weren't earning anything. You weren't earning a spot anywhere. You were just there because you had a lot of money. That what what does that teach? What does that show? What is what 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 is what's the purpose? What's the purpose? It was just gonna get repetitive. It really was. It was it was very Americanized with no relegation. Uh you're in it and you're not gonna go anywhere. The value of your team is not gonna go down. If anything, it's gonna go up. Um, you're gonna get more investors. It was it was all about the business and it sucked. It really did. It was it 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 was just, it's so funny how fast everything happened. We were talking about this before we started recording. It was Sunday on this side of the world, Sunday morning to Sunday night. The Super League was an idea, and then it was a reality, and then that was it. That's what was going to happen. And then Monday, there was still that, and then Tuesday, it died. It was crazy how fast it came and it went. It was it was quick. It was quick. And I'm glad that it was quick. Don't get me wrong. I'm glad that that it started quick and that it ended quick. But it just it can you imagine what the landscape of football would look like right now if the European Super League was still a thing? I I, I think after watching the Champions League, it like brought it home even more like dude like of course this is the competition you want to be in the one that where where you actually earn that respect like what we just talked about all the the, the respect and 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 kudos that Chelsea got for winning the Champions League that goes out the window if, if it's if it's the European Super League like I'm sorry but no like that doesn't mean anything <laughs> like you said like it just means you're the best, richest club around for this, these last five months. Like, so what? So what? Yeah. So so what is a great way to to respond to that? So what? Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Good for you. Oh, you bought a Lamborghini. Nice, Chad. Whatever. <laughs> you know, that's the that's kind of like what it comes down to. You know, it's like the, it was. <laughs> The European Super League was going to be like one big frat group. You know, <laughs> that's what it was going to be. And good thing that it wasn't. Good thing that it wasn't. But we have to still be careful because there's still talks about it. So we'll keep an eye out for that. Maybe that's something that we can look out for in 2022. Um, all right. To finish off this segment. And again, I'm going to thank you, Chris, for this. But the 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 one thing. Or, or one of the things, one of the moments, or just one of the things, period, that caught my attention in 2021 was Ted Lasso. <laughs> you were, you were, you were telling me all about it. You were telling me how how good it was and that I was missing out. I'm like, yeah, okay. Everyone says that about every TV show. No, you were right, Chris. You were 100% right. I'm watching this first season for the second time. I'm halfway done. It was so. <laughs> So good. I enjoyed every episode. Even, yes, even the episode with, with Coach Beard. I've watched some of the clips again on YouTube. I I loved it. Honestly, 
I'm not even trying to hype it up like that. You guys make your own judgment. But it's the best series I've ever watched. And, and granted, take it take it with a grain of salt because I don't watch that much TV. But it's the best series I have ever watched. It's so much fun. Um, I'll watch this forever, honestly. I I can watch this forever. It is it is such a beautiful show. I love the f- the football references. I love Ted's attitude. I love his accent. I didn't know much about Jason Sudeikis. He lived in Chicago for a bit, and he was he was doing improv comedy in Chicago for like five years. Yeah, of course I'm gonna have a connection to him because I'm I'm from there, and you know that's it's really cool. He's really funny. His <laughs> the dance moves in the in the pilot episode when when he won the state championship with Wichita. That's that's beautiful. I've tried to replicate it. I don't have the same rhythm that he does. Um, I I love the storyline. I love Sam. I love the change in Rebecca's attitude. Um, I love Jamie in the second season, how he became a real teammate. Even in the first season with his with his with his Jamie tart that chant, I love it. His attitude was shit, but I love 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 that chant. And then again spoiler and i probably spoiled it for a lot of people right now if you haven't watched it come on watch it that that turn by nate at the end goodness me i'm not gonna say exactly what he did but that turn and 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 it set it up perfectly for season number three which i can't wait i can't wait for it it set it up perfectly chris thanks again for putting me on i'm a fan of ted lasso i'm gonna shave my mustache just like him now i'm gonna talk like him and I'm gonna I'm gonna walk into to my dad's office every morning, and I'm gonna give him some biscuits, biscuits with the boss. Um, <laughs> he's probably gonna be like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Anyway, beautiful series. If you haven't watched it, watch it. If you're a football fan or not, doesn't matter. Well, if you're watching this, you're a football fan. Um, even if you're not, watch it. It's beautiful. Yeah, I, I that's. Plus one on everything you just said. I, I that and I think now that you've watched it because you said you, you're in your second viewing now. You, I think you understand why I was I was amping it so much. Like regardless of the football aspect of it, it just goes to show like everybody's dealing with something, and you should try to be kind to everybody. I think everybody could use that lesson. <laughs> I've said this before. I think what, what we're going through right now in this time, everybody could use that lesson to just. Be a little kinder to the person next to you um but then add in the fact that it's making all these points and it's a, and it's a soccer it's a show about soccer or football depending on where you're listening it, it was just too good for me to 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 stay quiet you know um i know a lot of people love the beautiful game so i think that that kind of positivity is really needed and it's great to hear that that you've taken that and like that you apply it to your life. I try to as well. There's a lot of times where pre 2021, certain words, certain attitudes, certain situations may have made me a very unpleasant person to be around. Whereas now, I just think to myself like, "Well, what would Ted do?" And that that thought is is really it brings me back to like a really grounded level where i'm like you know he would try to be, do the do the, the the kindest act to this person so that he can change their day if they're having a bad day or he would do 
X, Y, and Z to make this person under, you know, feel better or understand. So it's all about empathy. It's all about trying to understand and be kind, nice, better to everyone around you. And that's such a positive mindset that, you know, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I think that's why that show resonates with so many people, whether you watch footy or not. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I think I'm about to watch it again because it's so good. And um, I don't know if you know, but they just had a Christmas special. I have to shoot it. I saw way. it. I saw yeah. it. <laughs> For sure. It's, like every, it's, it's, it's an extremely quirky show, but it's really, really good. And it's, it's, it's heart is in the right place. So uh, if you're listening, definitely go watch it. Um, you'll learn something for sure. Yeah, it's man, it's 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 really difficult to to put it into words for people who haven't watched it because again, it's just like people are gonna think it's weird. People are gonna think it's corny. Like if you just listen to the storyline before actually watching it, you're just it's gonna be like, oh yeah, well whatever it's just some some southern dude or like some some midwestern dude you know like oh what like how how much fun can this be and then you watch and you're like holy shit this is awesome (laughs) this is a lot of fucking fun and it is it's it's so much fun i i love i i've loved every second of it. it it was just so much fun but uh yeah what would ted do what would ted do he would he would be curious not judgmental that's one of that's one of the most beautiful quotes from that show and he was just throwing those darts as he was uh <laughs> as he was saying that he's like oh i forgot i'm left-handed and then he would just bullseye all the time but uh yeah with that we're going to wrap up this segment and we're going to return for the next one to wrap up this show we're going to talk about the things that we're going to look out for 2022 Surely there has to be one or two things that maybe you weren't thinking of, but now you will. We'll be right back. All right, and we are back. Let's finish this one off with a bang. Chris, what are you going to be watching, looking out for? What are you interested in 2022 in the football world? So to me, um, I I really want to see how clubs gear their 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 teams their scheduling everything towards this world cup um i've never seen or heard or fathomed a winter world cup being that it's in qatar it has to be (laughs) it's gonna be i mean that to me is like the number one thing i'm looking forward to in this year uh they're gonna be playing in these immaculate stadiums that look that look unreal that had a lot of sacrifice go into it. And I don't mean like blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, like people actually died making these stadiums. So it's going to be really, it's going to be a really interesting show or spectacle or moment, I should say, because I'm anticipating that this could be a lot of attention, both good and bad on this World Cup. So one, I just want to see how clubs are going to gear towards it. Usually the World Cup is in the summer, so you just you play all your guys as much as, as much as you can, and if they are burnt out for the summer, that's for the national team to worry about. Whereas now it's like they're 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 gonna have a break during the summer, which is gonna be great for these guys because 
as you have, you've heard, if you listen to us, they play like 368 games in the 365 days. It's like ridiculous. But when they come back, how how are they going to try to ramp up the season sooner? Are they going to have less preseason games? Are they going to play everybody right out the gate, which is not something that they don't usually do? Like guys usually are filtering in from vacation and playing like third, fourth match day. Are they going to play all their guys? Are people, are, are clubs going to try to get a big lead before the, the break and then try to work at that during the second half? Like, what's the dynamic going to be? How are they going to pro- approach this since it's never been done before? So that's that's where my eyes are, are, are on. Like, do clubs have a plan? Do coaches, managers have a plan for what's about to happen? Or are they just going to play everybody till the wheels fall off? Go to Qatar, come back in five weeks and get ready for the for the Christmas period. Like I, I'm I, you know, we'll see. I'm very, very curious. I'm not judgmental, but I'm very <laughs> curious to see how they're gonna pull this off. There's only curiosity that we can have because this hasn't ever been done. Well, actually, Maybe we can use the African Cup of Nations as some reference, but even that, like, it's the African Cup of Nations. It's only players from one continent. It's not the entire world playing a tournament in the middle of a season. So, yeah, it's difficult. It's very difficult. And I think of teams like Liverpool, for example. They're going to have a rehearsal this this month coming up because Mo Salah is off to Egypt, uh, Sadio Mane is off to Senegal, I believe, mm-hmm. and they're gonna have to do the same thing in in November of next year. So they have a bit of a rehearsal. Riyad Mahrez probably won't be playing for uh, for for Manchester City. He won't be yeah. playing for them. So it's it's just it's it's things like that that'll. That'll help some teams, but not every team has elite African players that will go. And and it's also to a much smaller degree. Whereas, like right here, you can deny the your, your players the access to go to their national teams. Whereas for a World Cup, you can't. You really can't. You you face severe consequences if you if you even attempt it. So, yeah, there's 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 just so much, so many variables. Nothing. Nothing is certain. You can't look back in history and say, well, that worked for them. We'll try it because nothing has ever been attempted because there hasn't been a situation like this. We don't. We genuinely have no idea what's going to happen. That's both fascinating and fucking scary. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I, honestly, I'm sitting here thinking, like, what are the temperatures in Qatar right now? I know it's winter and that, that'll make it better. But these guys are going to be playing in, in unbearable heat. Like, how are they going to pull? I'm just very, I'm very curious. I'm very intrigued as to how they're going to pull this off. Yeah, um, well, the, the weather isn't that bad. It's like in the 70s, low 80s. That's not terrible. During the day? Yeah. Oh, all right. So then, that that's overblown. Then they won't be. They won't. It won't be like in Brazil. I remember in Brazil during that World Cup, they had certain days where it was like 
mm, yeah. 100 degrees and certain guys were fasting because it was it was ramadan so they i i just remember that being a mess so that at least on that end the temperatures and the heat won't be an issue but literally everything else will be so let, let's see how it goes but um i i you know to, and to your point it's it's true like clubs like liverpool manchester city even Chelsea, like we're losing Ziyech and, and Edouard Mendy for, for the month in January. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that, that is a, like a plus. But like, I'm sure if you ask their managers, like, it's not. Like, they're like, no, we don't learn anything from these guys not being here. We just lose matches. Or we, we, we're, we're a weaker team. Like, I don't think that can prepare them for my whole club is, is, is away. Like, I think sad to say it these covid moments where these half the team is is in protocol in safety protocol that's probably more of a of a practice than the afghan but i don't know how any 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 club can utilize this as like practice like you know, you just don't know you just don't know how I, it's it's bizarre almost but it's going to be the number one watch spectacle in the world next year and nobody knows how the hell they're going to pull it off so that's got to be what that's got to be what i'm looking forward to jesus yeah that's uh that's what everyone's going to look out for for sure um i have two things that i that i'm looking out for excluding the world cup uh because that's that's pretty obvious for me um the first one is the champions league I don't know who's gonna win it. Is 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 PSG and their stars? Are they going to to make a run? I don't think so. Manchester City will finally get theirs. I don't know. Real Madrid, they're a threat. They always are. Chelsea, they're the defending champions. We just don't know what's gonna happen. We don't. I I genuinely have no idea what's going to happen. Uh, and then the second thing that I'm looking out for is Arsenal. Can Arsenal finish top four? Can they finally come back to the Champions League? Looks like they they are holding their own, but there's still a long way to go. A lot of festive fixtures and a lot of more games to play. Surely a lot of injuries and a lot of problems to deal with. Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang probably on his way out. There's a lot more to go for. They can finish fourth. They can finish ninth. I want to see how Arsenal finishes, and I, I and I hope that they finish fourth. That would be nice. I think if they finish fourth. They have to build Mikel Arteta's statue outside the Emirates. That would wow. be that would be as I mean, yeah. That's I mean I don't I don't want to I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to sensationalize it, but that would be the probably their biggest feat in the last 11 years if they if they get champions league this year that'll be the biggest feat for them in the last 11 years bigger than the fa cup trophy that are the one and bigger than than all the other top four that arsene wenger got in the beginning of in the 2010 11 12 era this team is counted out by everybody and if mark mckellar and and as i said has had injury problems has had COVID problems has had behavioral issues has had um amazon following around for that documentary which is going to be unbelievable um 
they got lit a circus over there, and they're still playing pretty well. So if Arteta gets them that 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 qualification, holy crap, that's huge. That's that's probably the biggest step forward. I don't like in in the last ten years. It's probably the biggest step forward towards actually getting back to the Arsenal that we knew when we were growing up in in the last ten years. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's it. That that's the biggest building block. And surely, when you start playing Champions League football again, you attract a different quality of player. You attract a higher quality of player. When you play Champions League football, and you have more money to play with, so yeah, it, I, I think it also helps that they are not playing in any European competition this season, so they solely focus on the Premier League. That's huge. That's, That's massive. Huge. That's massive. Yeah. When, when when Leicester City won their title, there was no European competition. When Chelsea won that that Premier League title, there was no European competition they were playing in. So. You just zone in on one competition, and it, it if if you have the right players and you have, you well you hit a bit of a rhythm and you start playing good, you can go all the way because there's no interruptions. So yeah, you, you don't prepare for for any different. Oh, go on. No, also a lot of a lot of practice time, a lot of time to to drill down what what you want to, you know, do in certain situations where you don't want to do in other situations. I remember when we wanted and Conte just put it out like a science. It's like, yeah, it helps. Like, it, honest to God, helps. I have more training time. I have more time to implement my ideas. I have they have more downtime. <laughs> like, it just helps. So yeah, that's a great point. Um, really big for them, and and I and I, it should help. Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, Chris, that is the last episode that we are going to record. That we're gonna do for for this calendar year. Um, I'm gonna say this in front of our audience. I appreciate what you do for the show. You believed in the vision. You joined, and you've been here since April. And my goodness, have we taken off? This is incredible. This is a lot of fun. Uh, again, I appreciate what you do. I appreciate your takes. The people appreciate your takes. They appreciate the intelligence, the honesty, the analysis all of that and i can't wait i cannot wait to do this again next year in a world cup year because we did it during the euro we did it during the copa america and that was chaos we were i counted we recorded 12 episodes in a month that's crazy that's crazy like all together we did like 12 or 12 or 13 something like that um it was it was crazy the world cup is going to be similar but my guy i appreciate you Thank you for believing in this. We're only going up. Yes, sir. Thank you for believing in me, Alex. I, I, I really, you know, I, I say this to you all the time, but I appreciate you very much, and I appreciate what this podcast does for me and my, and my, uh, my life. So happy to be here and happy to be here going forward. <laughs> oh, absolutely, man. Absolutely. And who knows? Maybe we'll see each other in person again. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I, I go... It. I gotta make a trip to Chicago, bring some oh. banana pudding. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> listen, listen, man. If you if you want to come to Chicago, you know, you know that all you gotta do is is call me. That's all, and we'll we'll figure something out for sure. <laughs> we will do that. We we recorded 
at, at Nick's place a few a few weeks ago. Now we can record at my place. I don't have a studio like his, but you know, we we can make it work somehow, <laughs> some way. Or I might go to New York. Wh- whichever works. Doesn't really matter yeah. to me as long as we link up again. That was a lot of fun. I really appreciated that. And man, 2021, what a year. What a year that was. Um yeah, thanks again, man. Thanks a lot. I, I appreciate that. We'll we'll be talking for sure during the, the, the festive season. And uh yeah, man, thank you. Thank you. Any final words before we before we wrap up? Everyone, uh stay safe out there. Enjoy the time with your families. You know, appreciate what's what you have in front of you. And happy new years. Absolutely. Right back at you. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. We we definitely appreciate you. And uh, yeah, that that's it from us two. Next week, you guys are going to see my brother and I. Again, he's going to make another appearance. And uh, Chris loves it. <laughs> Chris loves it. A lot of people really enjoyed it. So he will be back. And we have a pretty big announcement next week. So stay tuned for that. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're, we're preparing. He's preparing. He's It was his idea. It was his idea. So I think, I think he liked it. I think he did. But yeah, that'll do it from us. Chris, again, thank you so much. I'll see you. Well, we'll talk next year with in front of a microphone again. And uh, thanks a lot. Thank you so much. Thank you to everyone that, that watches. We appreciate it. This this whole year was absolutely incredible. Um, I, I, on a personal note, didn't have the best of years, both uh, you know mentally, physically. It wasn't necessarily the best, but... This this kept me going, and it was a lot of fun. It's a whole lot of fun, and I can't wait to do it again in 2022. World Cup year that gets me going. I can't wait. So many ideas. So so many cool ideas that I have, and I just have to put them down on paper so they, they make sense. That's all I need. From Chris, from myself, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Take care. If you don't celebrate Christmas, happy holidays. Enjoy it with your family, just like Chris said. Enjoy the people in front of you. Appreciate them because you you just never know. You never know. If you have them there, give them a hug. Give them a kiss. Tell them that you love them. We love you. Thank you so much. Take care. Happy holidays. Goodbye.